and welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we attack our most pervasive fears with truth. I'm Jennifer Slattery. And I'm Tara Rye. And we are passionate about helping God's children live in freedom because life is much too short and we have way too much to do for any of us to live enslaved. We have everything we need in Christ to experience the filled to overflowing beyond expectation, bold and empowered life he died to give us. The deeper our intimacy with Christ, the more we connect with him through the Holy Spirit, the greater our peace, the greater our courage and joy. And that's what we're talking about today, experiencing increased joy and peace through an ever-deepening connection with our Savior. I brought on a special guest, a woman who loves to pray, who loves to help others deepen their prayer life, and that's Tiffany Jones. Hi, Tiffany. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, I'm glad to be here. Tiffany is a lover of God who is passionate about prayer, and she's also passionate about students and seeing them come to know the Lord more fully. She serves in her local church, mentoring youth, and I love this part as a mom. So she also works as a full-time nanny, and she sees her job as a nanny, as a discipleship opportunity. And when I first met Tiffany, I actually had the privilege of hearing her speak on prayer. And it was such a beautiful, peace-filled, inspiring presentation. And she just had this way of bringing it back to this really special moment between us and God. And she actually, she did it through art, bringing art. Why don't you tell us just a little bit actually about that experience? Yeah. So when I was teaching originally at my local church, I had talked about an experience that I've learned, but you actually will look at art pieces and then you just through prayer, invite the Lord into the experience. And so when you believe and and I cling to Colossians 2, 16, it talks about how God created everything on heaven and earth. And so when you believe that to your core, I believe even art that God has created through his children. And so when I'm looking at it, a lot of times I'll ask the Lord, what kind of, what, what place in this picture is standing out to me? And then I just kind of communicate and dialogue and pay attention to if scripture comes to mind or a worship song comes to mind or any sort of feeling or sensation. But yeah, art is a great vessel. I use it often to encounter the Lord. That's awesome. And I love your free flowing dialogue. I do want to say for those, if this is your first time joining this podcast, I do encourage you to listen to episode 26 and it's titled a prayer challenge to help you fight anxiety. And in it, I present something of a four week roadmap that listeners can follow as a prayer guide specifically designed to help decrease anxiety because prayer is perhaps our most powerful weapon against every battle we face. Those that rage war within us, especially. And so today we're continuing that discussion on prayer, but with a slightly different focus, which Tiffany's experience kind of alluded to, it's really just slowing down and quieting ourselves and simply sitting in God's presence and meditating or thinking deeply on him and his truth. I would like to know what drew you to this prayer pattern. Like, why does it minister to you? That's a good question. I just, part of my story, a huge part of my story is I was in a season of life where I was just 
thirsting for more of God. And I was working nonprofit. I had been offered a $10,000 raise to go statewide. And I think in my soul, I just was like, something's not right. And so from that moment, I kind of took a step back from working full-time career. I got a job in a coffee shop and I found a local church that I plugged into. And they were a church that prides themselves on healing and God and Jesus being a vessel of healing and that coming through prayer. And so I had gotten connected with a group of amazing women who were so wise in the Lord, 20 to 30 years older than me. So they just had great experience. And they started introducing me to different spiritual disciplines and different postures of prayer. And so I would just sit at their feet and learn from them. And so one of them, she loved photography. And so she really encountered the Lord through photography and she'd go and take pictures. And I saw, wow, this comes freely and effortlessly for her. And I kind of was drawn to it and encountered the Lord. And then that's part of why I did it. Do you have a picture or an image that at one point when you were looking at that picture that you really had an encounter with God that you'd like to share? Yeah. So in that moment, I actually still to this day, I remember I was at the Jocelyn Art Museum, uh, which is a local art museum. I was spending my Sabbath there and I love it because it's quiet and I can take my time and walk through. And there's so many uh, like levels of art and so many rooms that I'm almost overwhelmed. And so I was walking through and I was like, man, God, I'm just done. Like there's been no picture that just like resonates with my soul, you know? And then I'm like going to walk out and I feel the prompting to just kind of stop and turn. And so I turn and I look and there's this huge painting and it's this woman and she's on a hammock, but her eyes are like looking away from the picture. And in that season, I was going through a season of healing where it was hard for me to look at the Lord because I was just in a lot of shame and I just sensed his grace and in revealing to me where my eyes were at and he consistently turns my eyes back to him and says daughter look at me and so in that moment that was really powerful and I know there are different things that spoke but I just I'll never forget her eyes and how they were turned away and the Lord reminded me that I could turn my eyes to him and that there was no shame Mm. That's beautiful. You know, one thing I was thinking about as you were talking about that, because I actually remember that story from when you shared Mm -hmm. with the the women's ministry at church. And the one thing that really hit me when you spoke was how busy you were. Because I Mm -hmm. remember, and I've communicated with other residents, and so you were in a residency program, which was a minimum of 50 hours a week, correct? Yeah, it was like at least 30 hours in ministry. And then you're also getting your master's degree. So you're a full-time master's student. And then I was working at the YMCA as well, (laughs) (laughs) part-time. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So... And apparently, so here's what I'm hearing from that. Apparently, when you pray, you don't need to sleep. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, you definitely do. (laughs) What really resonated with me or what, what really stood out to me was the fact that despite the busyness, despite, I'm sure there had to be intense pressure because you're at a residency where it is one of the larger churches in the area. And so a lot of talent, a high talent area new experiences, new life experiences, the pressure of going to school, the pressure of people's expectations. And I think the human tendency when we feel increased 
pressure, at least my tendency, is to work harder and I'll pray later. And you took an entire day. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that was not easy for me. So I took a class uh, that taught on the Sabbath and that taught on like the day of rest. And honestly, I think ministry was hard for me because what would typically maybe be a day set aside, which is Sunday, was my, my busiest day. And so I would take Fridays and it was not without fault when I started to try and practice the Sabbath. It was like, but God, I have so many assignments due and I have so many people that I need to get together with and I need to reach out to. And I just, (laughs) my friend that morning, I'll never forget. She'd said to me, "Um, Tiffany, God probably created the Sabbath for a reason. Like he didn't just create it and then just say whatever. Like he created it for a purpose and a reason. And I think you should probably like, meet him in that. And so I tried, I I tried practicing when I say Sabbath, I technically try to take a full day of rest where I'll like not do laundry. Like I'll not do it. The only things I'll set aside for that day are things that will bring me life and joy that I can really like commune with God in. Sometimes that's cooking and sometimes it's not. But in that particular experience, I was practicing the Sabbath and I just, it was also encouraging my faith and and growing my relationship with Christ. As I would say, God, I have so much on my plate. Jesus, I'm going to give it to you today. And I'm just going to spend a day worshiping you. And I'm not kidding. Every time I did it, God was so faithful that I had way more energy to do the papers I needed to do or the work I needed to do. But in scripture, we read God rested, like he created everything and then he rested and he's like, man, this is good. And he worships. And I guess I want to be a part of that. And so it wasn't easy at at first. It like takes growing capacity. I love that you referenced the fact that you had to grow into it. So Mm -hmm. how, how would you say that taking that Sabbath rest helped you to grow in your spiritual disciplines? specifically in prayer? On a, on a Sabbath, I think some people think I'm going to take a day of rest and I'm just going to watch Netflix all day or I'm just going to sit on the couch. And I think I quickly realized for me, well, that's just like, I actually would walk away from those days feeling more tired and more exhausted. Mm. And so I'm like, something is off or disconnected. And so I started learning a lot about spiritual disciplines. I'm a lifelong learner. I get really excited at those kinds of things. And so on my Sabbath, I would start practicing different spiritual disciplines. And actually, I have like a ton of books on them. Richard Foster is one. And then his son, Nathan Foster, actually wrote hey, this is what it looks like to live out the spiritual disciplines. And it rocked my world because it's just a very real perspective of people failing in it, you know, like, Mm. so I think on a Sabbath, I would try different experiences, which is why I found myself in an art museum or I find myself going on a walk in nature or journaling sometimes for three or four hours. Like I try something new all the time because I think that it keeps my faith strong as opposed to doing like the same thing all of the time. Specifically speaking on fear and anxiety. So I know a lot of times our anxiety increases as our pressure increases. And so you set that aside, but how did that actually, did your experiences, did it play an impact on your stress level, on your fears, on your anxieties? Yes. So I am a person that has struggled uh, with anxiety in my past. I've been on and off medication for it. And as I talk about building capacity, right, to, to rest in the Lord, as someone who has a lot of anxiety, sitting in silence would just fuel it. 
because then I'm stuck with my thoughts. I'm feeling things in my body. So I'm like, I just have to keep myself busy. But that kind of like pushes against actually becoming still, right? And so it was this constant battle where when I say I grew capacity for it is I would take these different spiritual disciplines that I was learning from other people and I would practice them at different times, but I wouldn't, it took me a really long time to be able to do a full day of God. I want to devote this full day to you. I was seeing a counselor in a season of my life and she had said, why don't you try not listening to the radio? And I was like, okay, I'm going to drive in silence where I'm still driving but I don't have the music going. And so it was little things like that. I'm not on social media anymore. And so that was slow. I got off of Facebook in 2015. And then I got off Instagram about two years ago. And what I did was test it and assess how is my soul. And if the fruit of stepping away from them is greater than the fruit of keeping them, then I'm willing to let them go. So Tiffany, I really, one, I love your teachable spirit and how you are so willing to just look at these leaders and grow and glean from them. And the fact that you've grown to the point of doing an entire day of Sabbath just is beautiful. What would you say to the person who's like, I can't do four minutes? What does that look like on the daily? How can I be a person that learns how to be still and draw near to God just daily in my daily routine? I would say to you right away that your willing heart is one of the greatest things. And so the Lord is delighting in that already in 30 seconds, like even 10 seconds. When I work with students and we do prayer at the end of it, and sometimes I just invite them to sit in silence. And if they do it for 15 or 20 seconds, I'm like, y'all, look what you just did. Like, this is a big deal. And so I think it's more of, I rarely, if I'm being honest with you, sit down and just pray. Like I do it while I'm doing life. And I think that that's like when I see Jesus with his disciples in scripture, like, yes, he did say, go to a place of solitude, right? And pray. But then other times when he's interacting with people, he's literally, he's casting out demons, he's healing, but I don't ever see him say, oh, one second, I'm going to, I'm going to run and pray that you're healed. And then I'm going to come back to you and pray it over you. He's just in the moment, like be healed. Your faith has healed you. And so I think I've learned through prayer, it's more of a lifestyle of just inviting the Lord into whatever you're doing. And I think it's an act of worship whenever we create anything, we're doing it for the Lord. And so it's really just inviting the Lord into whatever you're doing. So I would say, don't change anything, just start to invite the Lord in and whatever that looks like. I think so often when we think of prayer, we immediately jump to a list of requests. And so often too, like when I've been part of, of prayer meetings or, you know, faith groups and we stop and pray and it's always this long list of requests. And I think it's so much more than that. I love, there's a quote from the Kneeling Christian. I don't know if you've ever read that book. I've been reading it for three years. You pick it up a little bit and you kind of chew on it and then you set it back down. But he says, speaking of King David, the 
ancient Israel's second king. He said, prayer is simply the turning of the soul to God. David describes it as lifting up the soul to the living God. And as I read that quote, I was reminded of David's words, King David's words in Psalm 131, verses one to two. And he said, my heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me, but I have calmed and quieted myself. I'm like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child, I am content. And when I read that, I get this idea. It's like he's saying to God, I don't know all the answers. I don't need to know all the answers. I don't need to know when the virus is going to be be fixed when there's going to be a vaccine. I don't need to know who's going to be the next president. I simply need to sit with you. I'm satisfied. I'm well cared for. And that was such a beautiful picture to me. And that's what I hear what you're saying is like, you're just bringing, you're bringing God in and you're just experiencing God, not necessarily. I mean, we're supposed to go to God with our requests, obviously. But for me, if I get just focused on requests, I almost feel like I deplete my soul. Yeah, that's actually, oof, that's good. Uh, The Lord has been speaking. So especially as a nanny, I think I'm learning as someone with kids, working with kids, they always have needs, right? And I just see Jesus just delight in in meeting our needs. And so I get to be a vessel of him for them. But then at the end of the day, I'm also like, Lord, what do I need? You know, and constantly in scripture, it says like, Jesus says, you know, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength, but then also love your neighbor as yourself. And so I think we just forget ourselves and God doesn't want us to, he's, he's crazy about us. And so I think it's learning too, of of what do I need in this moment and being able to share that with the Lord. And so for me, when I deal with anxiety or when I deal with fear, literally my, my prayers are sometimes right now, God, I am anxious and I don't know why. And that's, that's sometimes like all I get out. (laughs) It's just like, get it out. Cause I think I'm a huge advocate of getting things up and out so that the Lord can enter in, in whatever way that looks like. Um, but being able to speak it. And so I love that you say, man, when, when we are focused on other people and, and requests for other people in our nation, our world, man, we forget ourselves and the Lord just wants to fill us first. So it's an overflow. I love your heart of welcome. I just hear when you're talking that your heart is, is that you're just welcoming God into whatever it is that you are doing. And that is just a beautiful gift uh, because it's a conversation. It's not something based on rules or regulations or lists, but it's like a relationship. And I think that that's very beautiful. Do you have something in particular that's a truth about God that you communicate to yourself often? (laughs) Yes. Okay. So one of my life, like scripture verses for me is Matthew 8 or Matthew 28, 20. It's when uh, Jesus commands his disciples to go. And he says, I will be with you until the end of time. And I think when I rededicated my life to Christ, I was sitting in the back of this really small church pew, uh, a really small church in the back all alone. And I was sitting there and I was like, I, at that point in time in my life, massive anxiety, I was dealing with suicidal ideations. I had so many more thoughts, honestly, of ending my life than of trying to find hope. And I found myself at this church and I was listening and I just needed 
I needed to hear from the Lord and I had nothing left in me. And that's the scripture that was spoken. And I think I cling to that promise of like, God, you said that you will be with me until the end of time. You said that you will be with me. And so I think, man, when I don't feel him, when I don't think that I'm hearing from him, when I don't feel like I can see him or experience him, I go back to that and I say, but you said that you're with me and I trust that and I believe that you are. And so I kind of speak and proclaim that over myself. I'm learning a lot to stand in the power and authority of Jesus and how important that is, I think with anxiety and fear as well. And so learning to pray through that as well of, sometimes I have to say things like, in the name of Jesus, just leave me alone. And I don't know. And if it's still there, whatever my thoughts are or whatever I'm feeling in my body, then I'm like, okay, Lord, where are you at? Cause this didn't leave me. <laughs> so where are you? <laughs> and just wait for him. So, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking to those people who, because I probably would have, this would have been my thoughts listening years ago mm-hmm. is, well, that's good for you. You're in ministry. Yeah. You're close with Jesus. What about me? And I have to bring it back to God's character, right? Are we saying that he's conditional, right? If, it, if, it, if that truth is true for you, that God is always with you and will never leave you. And if we think it's not true for us, then in effect, we're saying, God, I think you're conditional. Your love mm-hmm. is conditional. I think you have favorites. And I think that that contradicts what we know to be true about God. So if scripture says something, right, that mm-hmm. I will be with you to the end of the age, or I will never leave you or forsake you, or one of my favorites is James 4, 8, draw near to God, and, mm-hmm. and he will draw near to you, then we have to claim those truths. We don't have to, but I mean, if we, if we discount those truths, it's like we're in effect discounting the character of, of God. And Tara, I would love to hear your thoughts as well. It's extremely important to invite in the character of God. That's the reason why I asked Tiffany that question. What is it that you repeat to yourself? We can look at the Psalms and over and over the psalmist will say, oh, my soul that is within me, I will praise the Lord. And they may list out the things that they're struggling with, but they will always get back to bringing it to the praise of God. There's something that happens when we do that soul talk, having that conversation. And Tiffany, you just explained it perfectly. And I know for myself as a young 20-year-old, I could not have survived if I had not gone in and had somebody teach me how to soul talk because it's through reminding myself, you're here. You aren't going to leave me. You're not going to forsake me. You are going to lead me in the path that I need to take. I trust you. And then that gives me the confidence to let go of my fears my failures and the things that are trying to distract me from what God's wanting me to do. It's just beautiful to see. What about being outside? Like, uh, and I'll share in, we, my husband and I, we just went on a trip for a week where we kind of unplugged and I went to South Dakota and it always, always happens every single time where my husband plans a trip and I get a book deal the day that before we leave or the day we're driving there. And so my personality is to want to work, 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 do, do, do. And I get anxious. Can I really make this happen? And 
and we're in South Dakota, completely unplugged. And we did this four-wheel riding. I think you would call it four-wheel riding where we're just out on a GPS. Like we're out away from everybody and such peace and just feeling it was one of the most profound worship experiences I have had. Just Mm -hmm. feeling like, and it was, I mean, it was just like, Lord, you did this for me. Like, I know he didn't create South Dakota for me, (laughs) but in that moment, it was like, Lord, you brought me here for me. And so I know, you know, something about, I feel like sometimes we, our society, and I'm speaking from inside my home, attached to my computer most of the day, I feel like we're removed a lot of times from nature. And you had mentioned something, Tiffany, we were talking at one point about how you just sit outside. Mm. Yeah, (laughs) I'm an advocate for that. I think during uh, this worldwide pandemic that we've experienced, if I could go, I carry my blanket in my car at all times because I never know when I need to just go sit in nature. And so honestly, a lot of times I'm like running errands and all of a sudden I'm anxious and I'm like, I just got to leave the store and where do I need to go? I need to go sit and be in nature. And I think I I was in a season of learning a lot about the creation story. And so I had a pastor that was shepherding me and walking with me. And he said, yeah, you know, God wrote two amazing books and, and one was the word of God. And then also the world, like nature. He said, it's literally the creation story opens up that way to say like, this is what God did. And as I sat in the creation story, I, I saw in Genesis one after everything that God creates, he says, and it was good and it was good. And he just keeps repeating and it was good. And so I think when I sit in nature, I realize as the trees, the leaves are falling the other way, the other day I went for a run and the, and the leaves were falling. And I remembered, man, like the Lord is in this season of transition and change for me. And so I just, nature is huge for me. I think it's because I can get outside of myself and I can experience with all my senses, like eyes to see, to smell, the the breeze to feel, all of that, where I can just sit and be. And I really experience the presence of God through that. So I love nature. I totally relate to you. When you're talking about your story, I'm like, yes, <laughs> I'm an advocate for nature. <laughs> Me too. I really love how you are talking so much about your own soul care. We cannot love others unless we have ourselves first loved ourselves. The first commandment, love the Lord our God. And you had said that. And by listening to your body, you are created in the image of God. And you are so in tune that you're willing to carry a blanket in your car and just stop and go and sit so that you can process with God. His creation will always declare his glory. It will always reveal his presence. And the fact that you're willing to allow yourself to listen to your body and your feelings and your thoughts so that you can draw near to God, that's, that's beautiful and that's a gift. And that's something that I think we all should be listening to. Mm, yeah, thank you. I would like to say that it's easy, but I have gone through like years of counseling to say, what am I feeling? What is this emotion? What does it mean when I feel these things in my body? I just met disgust 
like a few months ago, I had felt it all my life. And I'm like, oh, welcome to my life disgust. Like, I, I don't know what to do with you, but you're new. <laughs> and so I think it's just, yeah, the ability to, man, I just have, I have walked with a lot of people. And so I've never done this alone. And that's like going to a counselor to get help, walking with pastors, walking with sisters and brothers in Christ. And God's been in it, in it all. And so I don't ever want to share and make it think, man, this just comes so easy because it's been like years of falling on my face and not knowing. And I still fall all the time, but God's in it. Tiffany, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your insights and your experiences. To our listeners, thank you for listening. I hope our discussion today encouraged you to slow down and to spend some time just resting in God's presence. And I hope that as you do, you will find increased peace in Him. If you haven't already done so, we encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. Then you won't miss a single episode and make sure to share it on social media. We would be super encouraged if you would rate it as well. That helps others to find it. Until next time, may you live with the courage of one who truly has been set free. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Faith Over Fear a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. To learn more about Jennifer Slattery or to check out any of the resources she mentioned in this episode, just head over to her website, jenniferslatterylivesoutloud.com, or check out our show notes. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more Faith Toolkit podcasts like this, just head over to lifeaudio.com. Have you ever considered yourself a messenger? Whether it's mics like this, bookshelves around the world, stages to take, or art to make, or perhaps businesses to build, it's time we start testifying truth unashamedly, creatively, and in love. My name is Tamara Andress, the host of the Messenger Movement podcast, which is designed to catalyze Christians to speak, write, build, and testify. If you're ready to turn your message into a movement and want to run with other messengers doing the thing at scale globally, search and follow the Messenger Movement podcast on your favorite podcast platform today or lifeaudio.com.